as being as a business owner, small business owner, an entrepreneur, I either work until I'm dead or I need to create plans for the, the second half of my life. If you look at the person that's been in a relationship for 15 or 20 years and see they're still thriving, as opposed to that person that's jumping around every year, every year, every year, every year, there's something wrong with that. And it might not be that person's fault, but clearly they're doing something wrong or maybe not learning from their lessons. If you're towing before you're going to go partners with somebody, like you said, you're not going to marry someone after the first date, or you shouldn't. And if you do, it's usually problems down the road. So. We're here today uh, on the MHG, MHP Exchange podcast. You can find us on the MHPExchange.com. But we're here today and we're going to discuss a topic that's not just affecting investors and the mobile, and mobile home park industry, meaning the owners in the mobile home park industry. But I think it's something that a lot of real estate investors have a question with at some point in time in their career. And that's you know, is there a benefit or what's the pros and cons of working with a real estate partner? Well, Eric and I have been partners for 10 years now, but what is the, the what's some of the benefits of it? And what's some of the drawbacks, some of the things that you need to take a look at before you decide to become a partner with somebody? And joining us today, we have a real estate investor and somebody who has a tremendous amount of real estate uh, background other than investing, but in the in the industry itself, is Dominic Ciccarelli. He's the host of Blueprints for Closers, that podcast. You want to check that out as well. He's also um, one of the founders of Think Design Architecture. He has his own very, very successful real estate investment company, and he's going to uh, appreciate you joining us today, Dom. Dom, uh, how's everything going? Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I've been hearing a lot, a lot of great things about your podcast, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, be a guest and, and provide some insight with you guys. Well, we appreciate you participating and taking time out of your schedule to be here. Um, you know, and just full disclosure, I mean, we happen to know, you know, we know Dom, Dominic for a lot of years. And we've kind of seen his career evolve and, and what he's been able to do um, in the real estate industry evolve through that. And is why I thought he was probably... Uh, probably the best person to have on regarding this topic because one of the interesting side notes is that Dominic also has a partner named Eric. So I thought we had that in common. I mean, <laughs> you're, you know, that was that was really the that was really the tipping point for me. Definitely a good topic. Um, I don't know how I've remained partners with you, Frank, for so many years, <laughs> but I think you do a good job. You know, being opposite. The, you know, some of our opposites complement each other. And uh, I think I think uh, Dominic has a similar situation with his partner as well. Um, I, th I think they uh, they work well together, although they're they're very opposite. From what I see, anyway. So just to start off, Dom, to, to let people know, why don't you give us a little bit about your background in the business and just a little bit of insight, you know, into into what you do and, and where you are uh, in real estate. Thank you. Absolutely. So uh, my background is I, I grew up in Brooklyn and Staten Island. Uh, my dad was a military dad. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, a, a homemaker. Nobody in my family was a business owner or I would say, you know, educated on a higher level. Um, most of my family are cops and firemen, military people. And we come from very, um, you know, just hardworking, you know, get up every day, get the job done type mentality. And, and growing up, it was instilled in me that I would be a fireman or a cop as 
the 30 other cousins I had. Um, I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different and out of the box. I had an interest in art and, and construction, and it kind of directed me into going to college, New York Institute of Technology for architecture. Uh, shortly after graduating and having working for an architect throughout my college career, putting myself in school, I knew I wanted to go on my own. Uh, I not only have a partner in my real estate holding company, but I also have a partner on my on the architecture side. And you know, why why have a partner is not a really one size fit all decision. Um, maybe if I came from a family of business owners that were providing me insight and advice along the way, I may I may have changed decisions, or maybe even went to partners in my family. Um, I do believe in surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you. Um, my partner on the architecture side is almost 10 years experience more than I am. Um, so when I was 23 years old and decided to go on my own, um, I knew I wanted to do it with someone because I still had a lot to learn that could, I can lean on for advice. I think just like you guys do, um, as I was developing my architecture firm and meeting a lot of builders and developers, I was, the, the real estate world was brought upon me, right? I knew nothing about real estate. I knew nothing about investing, you know, again, growing up the way I grew up. And, and I knew I wanted to get into the real estate world for really one reason, one reason only. One, I saw a lot of guys making money in the business. And secondly, unlike my family who get pensions uh, after they retire and medical for life, I knew I wasn't going to have that, right? As being, as a business owner, small business owner, an entrepreneur, you know, I either work until I'm dead or I need to create plans for the, the second half of my life. And I knew owning real estate um, could be that passive income, which could act as, you know, a pension and, and kind of support me in my, in my golden years. Um, at that point, I had to make a decision. Did I want to be a developer? Did I want to fix and flip? Did I want to buy and hold? And again, there's no size fits all, but I will tell you why I decided to buy and hold as opposed to develop and sell or fix and flip. So in the fix and flip mentality, I feel like you're just pushing the buck for the future. What does that mean? You buy a property, you lay out a ton of money to not only buy it, but then to develop it, whether it's a repair or a new construction. There's a lot of things that can go wrong during that period. You're yeah. also relying on, you're relying on a real estate market, and then you're relying on real estate agents to sell it for a price you need to sell it for in the time you need it to be sold. And then after you get through all those hurdles, which take well over a year or two, you don't take the profits because we tend to 1031 those assets into another deal. And I felt like you're only as good as your next deal. And you're constantly just going through these hurdles of, you know, coordinating construction projects, laying out a ton of money, relying on a real estate market, and then relying on agents to get this thing sold. I think and I felt like, go ahead, I'm sorry. All right, as I say, that, that's a great point, Tom, because at that point you're, you're not really investing, you're really speculating. You're just hoping that, you're betting that everything goes right. And, and you know from experience as an architect, that doesn't, that doesn't happen often. Well, yeah, I, think, I think I got lucky, Frank, because being behind the scenes before jumping in as an investor, I saw so many things go wrong, right? So it's almost sitting back in a courtroom and watching you know, the defense and the plaintiffs argue it out over 10 years. You get to see the pros and cons and you're getting an education while they're paying you to be the architect, right? Um, very quickly I learned, hey, I'd rather just buy something, manage it really well. I felt like I was a good manager. I was managing a team of Think Design. I knew how to talk to people. 
And I said, listen, I'll just buy a two-family home. I'll buy one two-family home a year. And listen, in 30 years, I'll have 32 family homes and mortgages will be paid off and I'll be good. It's a very, very basic rudimentary way of doing it. Uh, so I bought my first two-family home and I realized very shortly afterwards, it's just not that easy. Why is it not that easy for me as opposed to someone else? Well, because I'm working 13 hours a day in my nine to five job, which is architecture, that home still needs attention, right? There might be a, a problem with a, with a sink, or there might be a problem with a tenant, or you might have to run over there and collect rent. And it was disturbing my quality of life and my focus on the architecture, uh, which is what I love, and that's my baby. Um, here brings in Eric Spizio, my, my business partner. Eric was in the real estate game before me. He's a few years older than me. Him and I were doing the same thing. And we got together and he was like, hey, I'm not really good on the finance managerial side, but I can, ma you know, I can manage the in, the in the field, boots on the ground really well. And I couldn't be in the field, but was able to manage finances and like do the numbers very well. And listen, we got very lucky with childhood friends. Um, we're, we're very close. I consider them one of my best friends, just like you guys get to each other. And uh, we decided to get into real estate together. And that's how this partnership formed. Well, I think you hit it on the head, Dominic, where there's no one size that fits all, um, especially when it comes to being active, right? When you're active doing flips. And most people doing flips uh, and are successful with it are usually operating that as a, as a their main business, um, and, and I guess your real estate business, like ours, uh, as an investment business, has become our main business also, which is very active. And you need that, you know, boots on the ground guy who's who's capable of getting out there and handle those problems that you're not handling. Yeah, and, and does that, you know, when you talk about getting a partner and some of the things that that, you know, when we talk to people about it or the challenges that people have had with partners in, in theirs. You know, how do you divvy up the responsibilities? And it sounded maybe it was a little bit easier for you guys, but did you have that conversation? Was that, you know, that's not just something that just organically happened. Was that something, or, or was it something that organically happened? Was it something that you guys sat down and were very clear roles, responsibilities, or, or did it just become, you know, you guys were just kind of in the kitchen mixing it up together? How, how did that work out? Great question. I think a lot of the, problems and mistakes people make going into partnerships is they jump in and they probably don't jump in consulting with the people they need to consult before they do that. Um, because Eric was in the game for a little while and I was in business for five or 10 years before I did this, I knew these conversations, I knew specific conversations had to happen first, especially because we're such close friends. The last thing I want to do is get into a business relationship. It falls apart and I lose a friend over it. At that point, I just won't get into business. And, and, I, and because I vowed that relationship, and I believe Eric valued it, we had really intense conversations before we spent a dollar. You know, what are the roles and responsibilities in this partnership? What are the expectations in this partnership? And, you know, what's the end goal? What's the dream, right? It's not just this one home. Well, for us, it wasn't, right? I, I'm looking to grow and, and develop a future with somebody long-term for, for the rest of my life, as long as our health and, our health and nothing any outside um, pressures don't affect that. Um, so to answer your question and to keep it neat and clean, Eric is really in charge of just daily operations, right? He's handling the phone calls in the middle of the night. He's the one finding the new tenants. He's the one handling the evictions. He's the one doing the repairs. And on my side, it's the whole finance end. 
right? So I'm the one paying all the bills. I'm the one collecting all the rents. I'm the one doing the P&L statements. If we need to get a mortgage or a loan, I'm the one putting in all that work. I'm the one uh, putting in the time, um, raising money. I would come in if we had to raise money for a deal. Um, on two or three of our properties, we do have partners besides Eric and I. And, and to keep it clean, that's kind of how we have it structured. I respect his decisions in the field. If he comes to me and says, hey, we really need this renovation, it's going to cost us $20,000, I green light it. I trust his opinion. And on my side, if I say, hey, this building's not performing the way it's performing, we need to change something or sell it, I show him the numbers and why I feel that way, and he's like, you know what, you're right, let's sell that piece of property. Um, and so I do think that roles and responsibilities need to be identified, and there has to be a decision maker, right? There can never in any case be a stalemate where, no, I say no, you say yes, and then we start going down a road which nobody wants to go down. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great point. You know, Eric and I, before we even, well, we've been partners for 10 years, but that, that first year was just us, just us talking, right? It was throwing ideas out. It wasn't actually, you, know, you might say it wasn't economically, you know, activity, but it was activity. It was us together, figuring things out, planning, seeing where we wanted to go with this, what we wanted this business to look like. And we did some deals together first without an official partnership, right? We did, we did Correct. a few deals. Like Correct. And, and that's how we got to know each other. Correct. Right? When, you know, you said, hey, Eric, you know, you got to take a ride here. I would give you a car. I would go. We would talk, you know, go through things. And I don't think at that point we, we knew what each other's roles would be. Correct. Uh, and we didn't talk that out. We, we, we figured that out by doing that first couple handful of deals together and realizing that, hey, you know, we both have some qualities that would be helpful for a partnership. Correct. And and, and you, you hit on something here where you guys both stay in your lane and you, and you don't, it doesn't sound like you have conflict, right? And, and that's great in terms of, you know, decision-making process because that becomes a challenge when you're, when you're 50-50, but, you know, it's, you know, here we have a partner. Um, you might feel, but how do you handle that? Those conflicting ideas, right? You believe strongly in something, or maybe it hasn't even happened with you because of how you struggled beforehand. But if it has, like, how would you handle conflicting ideas where, if, you know, Eric felt strongly on one thing and Dominic felt, felt strongly on something else? How would you resolve that, being that you guys are both equal? So it goes back to choose your partners well. Essentially, I have three, you know, wives, right? So there's going to be conflict. You guys are going to disagree. And if you're not pushing each other and your limits, you're probably doing an injustice to for each other. Um, I've been blessed. I really have. I don't know if it was luck or, you know, may maybe I was just smarter than I thought I was. But I mean, listen, I have two partners now that I've been in relationships with for over 15 years. And me and a, and a friend of ours, Rob Nixon, had this conversation the other day. It really shows you when you meet someone for the first time and you're kind of learning about them and seeing what's going on. If you look at the person that's been in a relationship for 15 or 20 years and see they're still thriving as opposed to that person that's jumping around every year, every year, every year, every year there's something wrong with that. And it might not be that person's fault, but clearly they're doing something wrong or maybe not learning from their lessons. So before you become partners with anybody, know who your partner is, right? Before you get married, 
in most cases, you know, you, you're courting that person or, and dating that person for a significant amount of time before you make the decision to, to get married. And, and I think a business partner is a very, very similar thing. You're not going to go to a bar one night, run, meet some guy at a bar that you haven't met before, and then tomorrow start investing in real estate. And, and unfortunately, you need to have really hard conversations with yourself about, hey, what, do I, what are my positive traits? What am I really bad at? Um, what is going to get me in trouble in the future? And then ask those same questions in, in your partner that essentially you're going to be in bed with for a very long time. And, and they need to be reasonable. They need to be smarter than you, in my opinion, in some ways. And you need to be able to sit down and have a rational conversation. And listen, Eric and I disagree on things all the time, but I sit down in a very calm, methodical way and say, hey, I feel this way because of X, Y, and Z. He comes to me the same way. And you know what? On the surface, I may not agree with what he said, but you know what? When you sit down like gentlemen as professionals in a calm way and, and you sit back, you're like, you know what? I was wrong. The way you're explaining now, I understand. Let's do it that way. And you may not feel comfortable all the time, but again, you need to trust the person you're with, just like you know your wife or your, or your husband that you're with. I'm sure there's instances, Eric, where you know your wife might be driving you crazy, but it's important to her, but you're just tied up in maybe in the minutiae of your life. But after your day's over and you go home and have that glass of wine, you're like, oh, you know what? She was right. We should have done this, right? So I think it's just you know choosing your partner well, really go through that courting process before you start doing business together, if possible, and, and, um, and just be reasonable all the way through. One thing I think that we do really well, Dominic, is we argue. <laughs> and um, a lot. We argue it out. Uh, <laughs> not in a bit. A gentleman uh, with you know specific intentions, and especially when we're looking at a new property. He'll say, hey, you take the pro side, I'll take the con side, and we'll, we'll dive into an argument to figure out if that's the right property for us. And we do that in a lot of situations. Um, and, you know, and again, very professionally. And I think... But it gets heated. And, and, and you and I get heated. It, it gets heated because we're, we're, we're both passionate. Sure. And we both have similar goals. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're making the right decision. But like you said, Dominic, at the end of the day, you know, and it's usually... It's usually takes a little bit of time after that conversation for us to both sink in each other's thoughts, and then we'll come back to it and we're like, "Hey, all right, we're, we're going to do this this way or that way." But but I think I think the key in it, and I and I bring this up to you know, Mike, it's about having a fair argument, right? And the fair I think, argument. I, I think the only difference here, because uh, I know you mentioned wife situation, I don't think I would be able to be all frank. 24-hour level. Um, <laughs> I know his wife uh, I, I, I deals with a different set of uh, circumstances. I've yeah. heard... Yeah, my, but my guys, wife. the truth is, you guys are probably together more than you are with your wives. That's correct. Correct. That's correct. Correct. But, but, we, but what we do, and one thing that you strive for, is that we... Whenever there's an issue, we resolve the issue. We never go back to the issue and then bring it up when we're talking about something else and we have... Where it's never like, well, you always do this, or you always like where that. That I don't think right. is like a like a fair fight, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like they, they talk about that when you're. Well, we move on. We move on, right? Mm -hmm. And the issue gets settled and resolved, and then you move forward because that's the only way you make a partnership, any partnership last, right? Because if if someone has an unresolved issue and they keep bringing it up, and it you know it, just, it doesn't, it's a challenge, right? It, it, it's got to be it's got to be an argument or or a, or a or a fight, but a respectful, right? There's got to always be lines you just don't cross that can create permanent, that permanent damage in a relationship, number one. And number two, you know, that one thing you're fighting about is tiny, is very small when you think about the global picture and the vision you guys have for 30 years from now. 
right? So it may be, maybe your fight is whether you should evict the tenant or not. But at the end of the day, whether you evict that person or not, it's not going to affect your scheme, you know, your, your, your plan 30 years from now having 5,000 tenants, right? So you got to keep things in perspective as well. There's no question that over the last 15 years, me and Eric are, are, are in business together. I was really fighting with him about some topics that at the end of the day, when I, uh, when I gave in and said, okay, let's do it, it took us to the next level. There's no question. And then recently last year, he was fighting with me about a big move in structuring the company. He gave in and we just had dinner last night and he was like, listen, you know what? Restructuring the team when we restructured a year ago is paying its dividends, you know, twice over already. And you were right. Um, so, you know, it's really important to just be conscious, be respectful and, and, and listen, just don't cross lines because there are some lines that can be crossed. And then at that point, you can never come back from that. How do you guys handle, you know, how do you guys handle the acquisition? So, so walk us through that. Is it, one of you guys is focused on, you know, one person's focused on finding the deals and kind of underwriting it and saying, this is what we want to do and taking in that direction. Is it both of you that come in and, and are trying to find opportunities? How, how do you, how do you lean on that? Um, and, and where do you, what's your expectation? Like, how do you go through your process of figuring Hey, if this works or not, right? Because I can't, I got to believe that there's for every deal you buy, there's probably five you, you kick out, right? So, correct. Yeah so, two, yeah, so it's a great question. Our business model changed two years ago where we're not investing in New York as much as we were. We're investing out of state and now we're relying on other people like you guys to bring us deals. But, but prior to that, Eric's role was to actually find all these deals. And then once we identified them, I would take it to the finish line doing the financials and the mortgages and the credit and all that kind of stuff. Um, again, because I was, because I am handcuffed to a desk nine to five with my firm, he's the one who had the, the freedom and liberties. So all day long, he was fielding calls from real estate agents with potential deals, going through it, throwing away was no good. And then every week him and I sit down and have a partner meeting every single Wednesday that goes pretty much most of the day, I would say nine to two. And during that weekly meeting, we have an agenda. We go by building by building, how it's, how it's going, you know, problems on his side, issues on my side. And then we have a section where we talk about, okay, new acquisitions. We know we have this chunk of money. We know we want to invest in this type of asset. Okay, this is what I got. What, what do you think? I already did a high, you know, highbrow analysis on it. And then we'll say, okay, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. So we'll say, you know what? This isn't good for us. Let's bring something new to the table. But to answer your question in our relationship, he brings the deals to the table. Once we identify it, I'll then take it to the finish line. I think that's important because in having those meetings on a regular basis, you know, we we have scheduled structured meetings for specific topics, whether it's going over finances on certain communities or you know capital improvement projects to check along the way and kind of delineate who's doing what, right? So this way we we have you know the accountability, right, to know who's responsible for that and have a chance to review and where we can both check each other's work. Right. I think that's that's part of it. And then knowing that I have somebody who's checking my work, make sure that I'm you know, I'm showing up every day on point. Right? Not, you know, so I'm, a, a very important point you just made, you know, just like with your wife or your husband, it's important to have those date nights. I think it's really important to have those weekly check ins with your partner. You know, listen, even even on the architecture side, you know, I have a Monday night meeting with uh, Frank every single week. And listen, it's not just all business, right? Hey, what'd you do the weekend? You know, how's your daughter doing? How's your son doing? Oh, you know, what's going on for your birthday? It's really important to keep those connections. It, it might 
sound a little crazy, but you know, when, when guys like us that are moving so fast and have so much going on, you, you really need to have those mental check-ins with your partner. I mean, listen, you guys have a lot of money invested with each other, a lot of responsibilities. You're going to be in, like I said, in business together for a really long time. You know, after we break on that Wednesday meeting, I don't, I might not hear from him or speak to him for days or, or until that next Wednesday meeting. And then we get together. How is everything going? And I think, I think that's super important because once you don't start identifying those roles and responsibilities, you guys end up tripping over each other on a daily basis and you're so much less effective. You, you want to be able to operate as efficiently as possible throughout the day and the week. We need a date night. We haven't had a date. <laughs> Every day is a date. <laughs> you know, like last night, last night, him and I went out for steaks, you know, and, and it was good. We just got to catch up and just, you know, do what you had to do. So was, was there a, like a moment... I guess that you had in where you when you started, where the light bulb went off, and we're like, "Wow, this is really going to work." I mean, because you know you have that, and you have that arc when you do something where you know, "All right, this is the moment I know that this is where we're on to something." What was that like aha moment for you guys? I think it was once we got past our first or second deal. You know, you guys can say a lot of things to each other before getting into business, but once you're in it and actually doing the work every day and pushing through, you really see who's going to show up and not show up for you. And one thing we both say to each other is everyone's fucking full of shit, right? People say things all the time and they're going to do things all the time and people do nothing. And, and we did have this moment after our second or third deal where he shot me a message. I shot him a mes message one day just saying, hey, pal, grateful for you. Glad we got past the second deal. You know, I'm looking forward to the third deal. And he just wrote back to me. I'm finally doing business with someone that does what they say they're going to do. Right. And I, I think it's so important. Right. Uh, you need to be able to rely on that person uh, for whatever it might be. It could be just a wake up call in the morning. Right. But if that's your role, that's your role. And, and listen, show up for your people. Do what you say you're going to do. Be an honorable person. And, and listen, good things will happen. Well said, though. Great job. Anything you want to? No, I mean that was uh, very intuitive. I thought thought you know, a lot of good topics and a lot of similarities and, and things that we do. And um, and yeah, dip your toe in before you're going to go partners with somebody. Like you said, you're not going to marry someone after the first date, or you shouldn't. And if you do, it's usually problems down the road. So super important. I can super important. You know, doing a couple of deals together, learning about each other. And exactly what you said, um, who's going to show up every day? I mean, how are you going to tell unless you're actually going through that process and, and you know, seeing what happens? Because there's always problems that come up. There's always problems and there's always issues. And you got to work through those issues and seeing how somebody performs with those issues is how you're going to know if that's someone you could, you know, you could tie yourself in with long term. Yeah. You yeah. have to have a partner that's going to be reliable and always going to be there. I think. Um, and hold you accountable, and then you're going to be able to to brainstorm ideas. And the idea is when two people get together and they're they're chugging out ideas, you know, you're going to create something else, right? You're going to you're going to turn something into something even bigger, right? And that's that should be the the benefit from finding a partner. It's finding the right partner. You don't want to just take anyone. But to find the right partner, then you can really start to scale up and to, to move your business or your investment into a different level, right? And you can you can have it create something that you really want. Because like like Don mentioned before, it's tough to do everything yourself, especially when you have 
your initial focus, right? Your your initial primary business, which got you in a position to even consider investing in real estate in the first place. So I thought this was super informative. Dom, thank you very much for joining us today. And just quickly, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you or get information from you on your podcast, where can they get it? And, and how can they how can they hear more about you and what you're doing going forward? Yes. So thank you guys for having, having me again. Um, you guys are doing great things, not only on this podcast, but in your in your investments in, in the mobile home park world. Um, Dominic Ciccarelli, you can find me on all social networks. Um, D Ciccarelli JR, uh, Blueprint for Closer podcast, my co-host Rob Nixon. Uh, just Google search YouTube, all streaming platforms, Blueprint for Closers, and uh, Think Design Architecture, architectural firm, New York City, New Jersey, having offices in Red Bank, Midtown, and beautiful Staten Island. Thank Have a great uh, Christmas, guys. I really uh, enjoyed this. Thank you, Don. And every once in a while, Don, to be honest, every once in a while, you'll actually see him on Fox and Friends. You're on Fox and Friends, too. We had to go to three publicists to get him on this. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Having Don was, thank you for being part of this. We really appreciate it. This has been a very, I think, informative episode. So if you want more information, check us out at the MHPExchange.com. Send us your questions. This is how we kind of come up with some new ideas for the program as well. One of the questions we had recently, like the benefits of working as partners. Why did you why did we partner? We thought we brought it up. But additionally, if you're you're on YouTube, you can check us out on the MHP Exchange channel, but also the Trailer Park Turnaround channel, where you can actually track out some of um, some of the turnarounds that Eric and I have been part of, and you can watch that progress. So check us out there on Trailer Park Turnaround on YouTube. So thank you for listening. Talk with you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Dom. Thanks, guys.